Hey, this is Romdeful, and you're now listening to the Thousand Story Podcast. Sometimes the song reminds me of like a like an ad. I mean, it is an ad. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You technically it is, but like I just think of like a I don't know, like a white woman walking down the street. Howdy, David. Yeah. Buy from Kohl's. Yeah. It's like a TJ Maxx or like a Target ad. Get everything you want. A Target. Everything. Please buy from us. <laughs> Welcome to the Thousand Story Podcast. Hello. We are your hosts, Najee. And Luis. Back for season three, even though this season is the second three. episode. But this is our first guest episode. And today, we have a very special guest at that. Yes. Uh, his name is Aram. Hello. Uh, how you doing, bro? What's going I'm on? Good. How How are you guys? Amazing. We need some. You know what? Where 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 are the claps? Where's our studio? Oh audience? yeah, claps! Claps! <laughs> oh, I forgot to give you claps. Yes, you claps. We apologize. Welcome to the studio. <laughs> oh, did we lose you? Oh, I'm here. I'm oh, okay, here. Okay. <laughs> I'm in the cut. Got you. Well, um. So how have you been? I mean, since we last when does the last time we spoke? I think it was when I was in when I was in London, actually. Yeah, I think that's when you and Monty was in London at the same time, I believe. That was can you believe it? That was 2017. That's forever ago. I was remember when you both went. That was that was May 2017. It has been a was minute. It? Yeah. Time flies, oh, bro. Oh damn. I know wow. it's crazy, but since then a lot has happened for you. Uh, so just a quick rundown for anybody who's unfamiliar with Rom. He's 23 years old, as we said, out of Birmingham. Yes, uh, that is in the UK. Just in case you're unfamiliar, that's <laughs> Europe. Uh, he is now working or assigned to uh, Same Plate Entertainment, which is a Sony imprint. And it's a joint venture kind of imprint, um, and he just released an album called Press L to Continue earlier this year. So uh, actually, was that this year or was that last year? That was this year. That, that was, was this April. Year, right? Okay, I'm not crazy. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> released that album on uh, Same Plate, and uh, he's been doing a lot besides that since. Yeah, I think he just recently put out a song with uh, Toby Lowe and the, the one with uh, Kehlani and John Doe. Um, and then, like, you've just been working. Yeah, you've been busy. You've been busy. You've bro. been very busy. Like, what? I've been trying my best. <laughs> <laughs> just living, you know. But how has it uh, how's it been since you dropped the album? Like, what's the reception been like? Um, so I, I was really skeptical about dropping the album actually, just because I know that a lot of people do know me from selection and from doing you know edits and mainly being a DJ and stuff. So kind yeah. of breaking into like just solely you know being more of an artist and less of like an edit producer, mm. and you know starting to sing and write my own songs, do more originals. It was kind of like, I'm going to drop this, it's going to flop, and everyone's going to hate it, and everyone's going to unfollow me. <laughs> and then um, it just actually ended up being like a lot better than I ever expected. And I was kind of like, oh, so you, you guys like when I when I do this stuff? Should, should I keep doing this? And everyone's like, yes! Absolutely. And I'm like, oh, okay. We are all here for uh, so, it. Yeah, so, so that kind of made me really happy. Then um, just out of the blue, I just started getting a lot of production credits out of nowhere. And I was, I was kind of like, okay, you guys, you guys mess with the kid, okay. Yeah, right. um, I kind of... <laughs> I'm kind of always in this area of disbelief for like I don't believe anything's happening. It's just like I wake up in the morning, you know, I go to the gym, I'll play some PlayStation 2, I'll make some music and it's kinda of like, Oh yeah, Kalani jumped on this song and I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Oh, so uh, cool. <laughs> just nonchalant. And this is kinda of like, oh okay, uh, I'm going to McDonald's and then uh <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think I mean like, I mean that's a, that's a natural response. Though. I mean, if, ultimately, if you're really just doing your own thing and living, you know, even if it's a big credit, you're just like, well, I didn't expect that, but that, that's nice, you know, cool. Let me get the uh, yeah, number Big five, Mac. Super I was about to say, <laughs> let me get the super size, <laughs> you know, super size me. But that's a huge pretty much that. Yeah, I, like how did you even? How did that even come about? Like how did she just randomly, you know, get your production? Um, so so this is a really weird story behind this. So behind this beat, I ended up giving to John Doe. So this beat I gave to John Doe, I actually sent uh, to Kalani's team back in 2016 when they was asking me for beats. Mm -hmm. And then for whatever reason, they must have turned it down. So I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Right. Sent it to John Doe. And then three years later, John Doe was like, I got Kalani on it. And I'm like, but, but what? 
<laughs> and I was like, what the hell? So like, I was like, that's like, you, you, that like, you basically never heard the beat then. So ever since then, I've been really like, I don't want to send beats to anybody's team. So it's just like, I either want to talk to the artist myself or I'll just keep it moving because yeah. that was a prime example of why I don't want to do that anymore. Exactly. Wow. Um, wow. So she didn't even yeah, hear just, it the first time you sent it over. Uh, well, I, I guess not because like, I, if it was something where she didn't like the beat, I don't see why she would have jumped on it this time with John Doe. So yeah, I feel I'm, just like gonna, I'm just going to presume she didn't hear it the first time. But I, w- I would there. think so. Because I, th- I feel like that's like a team filter thing that kind of happened. You know, they're, they're kind of like curating whatever she collects or, or whatever she's going to be potentially on. Mm. And it just it just ended up falling through the cracks. And it didn't pass the criterion, which is crazy to me. Because mm-hmm. like, even though, I, admittedly, I still have, you know, so money um acts as my filter sort of but you know i've been very 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 hands-on with what you know i do or don't decline or decline um and even in in the case where he is my filter i'm still like "Mm," like some somebody specifically messaged me you know make sure that gets through like send that to me so i try my best to hear everybody but obviously i can't get to everybody but the quality stuff always comes through like if if you're getting a response back or not getting a response back even at least you'll know but then you know hey, things happen life happens and things I, happen yeah it's all good you keep it moving um but speaking of you know so how did you go from you know because when we were we were together in 2017 i think you had just signed to same plate right or were, were you like in talks? Uh, i just signed to same oh one minute when was i to same plate Damn. <laughs> um, no, no, it was last year actually. Uh, last May, I signed to same play. Yeah, God. I think it was so there. 2018. I, or it was like right after you left, Najee, because I remember the announcement. Because I don't know, I was I was like following yes, same play. It was, it was after you was in London. Yeah. Got it. Oh, you know what? Then you're right. Then it was. I'm sorry. It was May of 2018, not 2017. 2018 yes. that I was there. I was, it was thinking. Only been a year. I was, like, was it 2017? I was like, I'm tripping. Okay. Like, yes, it's been a year. You're right. It's 2019 Got right it. now. Okay, so we're re- about to be in 2020. <laughs> Correction. We last linked up a year ago, so it's not too bad. Like it felt like it was shorter than that, but it really was just last year. Okay. All right. I can live with that. But yeah, how did that? How did that happen? Like, what, what, what was what was the whole conversation? Yeah, it's it's wild. So um. My own, obviously, I'm not in the management at the moment, mm-hmm. um, but like during the time when I had the management, um, they were asking me like, okay, who do you want to get in sessions with? Who do you want to potentially work with so they can start sending out emails, etc., etc. And um, I listed Illmind because obviously Illmind, um, Jonathan Master, the guy who um, spearheads same play, is yeah. Illmind's manager. So obviously, we emailed them, you know, to ask, oh, would it be possible if, if it was possible to get into a session with Illmind or to meet with him, talk to him about doing things, and then. Um, he was like, oh, Elmer's not free. By the way, I love you, Ron. I was like, wait, what? And he was like, yeah, we love your music, bro. Like, we're starting a new label and stuff. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so then I was kind of like, okay, so some guy up to sign me to his label. Cool. I, I, like, I know you was Elmer's manager and stuff, but I didn't really know much about it. Mm. And then he was kind of like, okay, let's hop on the call with me and my manager and let's just, you know, talk about what we can offer and what we're doing, what mm. we're trying to do. And I was like, okay, cool, I'll just, I'll just hear him out, I guess. And he was like, yeah, so we're doing a joint venture with Sony. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, oh, <laughs> <all> right, <yeah. laughs> then, Free um, PlayStations was, for life. Dude, I hope. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they, they sent me a Sony A7S too, so shout out you guys. Hey, um, that is clean. That's yeah, super dope. That, that was hella clean. So I've been using that to make like, loads of content and stuff. Ooh. And I'm like, hell yeah, bro. That's, that's amazing. Um, for all those who are unaware, yeah, that, that's, that's super chill. That's like a th- I don't know if that's thousand, thousand five hundred. That's that's an expensive mirrorless camera. Like that's clutch. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I, was, I was expected to get like maybe like a little cheap point and shoot or something. And then when I got that, I was like, <laughs> okay. Ain't playing. I was like, this is real. They're okay, like, cool. welcome to the team. Wow. So I, mean, I thought I was going to get like a box of like, and there's going to be like, you know, filled with vegetables or something. It'd be like, how you thought. <laughs> Just like <laughs> a bunch of like old PlayStation 2 games that nobody wanted. <laughs> yeah, that... I, I would not even be mad. I would not be mad if they even did that. I'd be like, cool. You know, I've got some extra PS2 games. Awesome. <laughs> like Marvel versus Capcom for the original PlayStation. I mean, that, that was a be great like a game. That, that game was, was fire. That, that would tight. be fire. I wouldn't yeah. be mad at that. Like, I, fair. But um, so, like, as I guess, I mean, that's that's obviously a perk of the the, the job, quote mm. unquote. But how is it, you know, kind of being technically now a major label artist? I mean, it, it's it, you're still very independent, and you always are, and regardless. Mm-hmm. But like, how is it coming from that online or like from our online community into something kind of concrete and brick and mortar? 
Um, I think this is the reason why I love same play and like Jonathan Master and like the whole team and everybody. It doesn't feel any different. Um, so my deal, obviously, um, it's only for the master side. So I still own my publishing, I still own my touring, I right, still right. own my merch and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. But like they they don't tell me how or what to do in my music. They ask me what I want to achieve. They they let me keep on or stay on brand with myself. So. Obviously, calling my album what I called it, Pretels Continue, and I've got really heavy retro video game vibes and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. They just ask me what I'm into, and then they find ways to market that based on how I am as a person, how I am as a musician. And they don't really try and sway my decision or like try and tell me, don't do this. If I, if I have an idea that I want to do, they'll just help me execute the idea the best way I can. Wow. Wow, that's um, super so, cool. So, like, it, it's just awesome to know that, like, I don't ever feel like I'm being restricted from doing anything. The only, I guess, the only negative really is that like you can't always release as frequently as you might want to. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. that that's one thing that's taken. I mean, obviously, you know, I can drop it if I want to, but yeah. then I'm not gonna have like the marketing push, or I'm not gonna have the support of the label if I do that. Right. But, yeah. um, and I think yeah, that's so for the most part, it's been a great experience so far. And that's that's just an interesting shift from like your the, like the SoundCloud days to to now to like a more. I don't want to say adult approach. <laughs> you know what I mean? But a more structured but Like a more structured approach, yeah. It, it, it's funny that nowadays we, we're all kind of like a lot of us that are coming out of that, right? I guess you could call a SoundCloud alumni, right? Yeah. Are all coming out of that, <laughs> you know, just like make a song and drop it tomorrow kind of vibe. And and a lot of us are finding homes either, you know, continuing to do it independently or with, with labels. Um, and, you know, some have some good stories like yourself and some don't have, you know, the greatest stories. But... For overall, it, it's kind of like a natural kind of shift into it. And, and it, it can be frustrating at times, but it feels like a, a more maturing of your own career. Like, at, at least in my case, that's what I found, like kind of switching over from SoundCloud to Spotify and, and becoming more methodical with the releases has been a natural kind of inclination. Like, I haven't always had, you know, just a song to just drop. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, to actually be able to plan it out made more sense for me. But I mean, has it been the same for you? Um, so I, I will admit, when I first signed, and obviously like how long it took to like you know plan out releases and plan out and market and decide we're dropping on this month for okay we're not dropping on this month because we want to get these things done. Like at first it was really frustrating me because I didn't put out any music for almost a year at that point. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I'm not releasing anything. People are just gonna think I've fallen off. <laughs> and then like I was getting really really frustrated. And I feel like a lot of the time I'd call up Jonathan and I was just like really mad. And he would always just talk to me and reassure me and be like, yo, it's going to be fine. Like everybody who gets into the industry for the first time, they get annoyed by like, you know, the paperwork or like having to wait around for certain things or right. waiting for like managers to clear artists for releases if they if you have features and stuff. So at first I was kind of like, oh, I hate this. I shouldn't have signed. It's the worst thing I ever did. And then um, when the <laughs> album came out, then like everything started to blow up. I was like, oh, this is like, what oh, I to wait for. Okay, <laughs> cool. See. And then like literally, I, t- I had to call Jonathan. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I freaked out a little bit. You know, like I'm just not used to this. And he was like, bro, it's cool. It's like he didn't expect anything less. It's like apparently it happens to a lot of people who get into the industry for the first time. But like now that I've gone through it and I understand the process, mm-hmm. yeah, it's actually like now you said, it's actually way better to have something that's like well thought out mm-hmm. and well prepared instead of like just dropping things for like short term. Right. Short term satisfaction, realistically, which is what SoundCloud was. SoundCloud's great, but like, I'm never going to get the same satisfaction dropping an edit I made in an hour now as much as right. making a full body of work I spent a load of time on. No, yeah. that, ma- that makes a lot of sense. Especially because, you know, if you think about SoundCloud and what the what the audience was, was very short short attention spans. You know, a lot of people very are like, much, you know, yeah. they're thinking about edits and they're thinking about those quick little chops or like TikTok things that they chopped up. And it was a joke or like it was very um, meme and online kind of uh, centric and, and, mm-hmm. and based around that mentality of just quick, quick consumption. So, you know, it's, it's cool to actually be able to like take those same fans even and be like, y'all, I'm like, I'm, I'm slowing down and a lot of them <laughs> stick with you. Some, some don't. I'm growing up. <laughs> I'm growing up, but, but you're all kind of growing up together, which is nice, you know, and, and that, that's just a cool thing to see that you can kind of come out of that successfully. Like another good person uh, that's done that really well is Zach. I, I, I remember yeah. Zach Farash, but he... <laughs> he's killing it a hundred percent you know as are you and it's just it's cool to see so many of my friends and peers getting kind of kind of going through that uh transition successfully especially like in this last year like 2019 it's been a very interesting year transitionally for a lot of people because it's very interesting it's so weird because it's like when when we first kind of started the whole soundcloud the spotify shift there was uh the initial 
all right, I just need to get a bunch of followers and stuff. And it was there were a lot of people involved at Spotify at the time mm-hmm. that were really artist centric, um, and they they they've always kind of had like a like a label, not anti label, but they've had a distaste for labels since the beginning. Um, but the the clientele, the core base, and the core uh, I guess the staff there were really really um, catered and, and customized and, and really loved artists and really like curating sounds of that of artists they liked nowadays you know when we when they introduced that new uh the play like the automatic playlisting feature mm-hmm. where like you can do the automatic pitching thing it kind of shifted you know that was in, like late 2018 mid 2018 something like that but now we're in that that era where it's it's harder to find a face um for the playlist you know or like to find put a face to the name so to speak you know because it's 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 a lot more clandestine finding the actual people who curate these things if they even do it because there's a lot more ai driven uh content and curation happening now and it's like i don't know how much that's affected you but i know it's affected me greatly like when when uh there was a good friend that we had uh, athena who used to work at spotify um that was like from like 2015 2017 ish actually 2018 like into the beginning of 2018 but athena was like the head of um fresh finds right and like the fact that there was a head of that was a thing that was that was normal you know there were several people under her and then not just under her but like around her who are also doing similar things in that vein but nowadays now that we switched into that automatic pitching and and like less hands-on kind of mentality at least in spotify's case Mm -hmm. i can't account for apple music or anything like that but it's we've seen uh, i guess a lot more of a it's almost like a culling because you know there were a lot there were a ton of playlist supported artists that were just killing it and now like even myself things are slowly starting to taper off because there's less people there and it's more just about how does it fit into the algorithm so i mean have you experienced that at all interesting i feel like um yeah i agree with you i remember like back when um Back when I released my white label, for example, I know I was one of the first, uh, the first four or five people who um, got their sole election of white labels released on Spotify. Yeah. And I did notice back then things seemed a lot more natural. You know, you, you would have, you'd have almost a direct connect to somebody at Spotify telling you, right, we listen to your music and you know we're going to playlist you or we're going to like we think you'll work into these kind of playlists. And then nowadays, you, you know, you just get an email from Spotify, right. you've been added to this playlist. It's like, oh, where's the human interaction? It's just like you, it's you've just been put into. Yeah, it's really really weird, but um. I've definitely noticed a difference. It hasn't really done bad for me, but I have noticed that things are very up and down with it. Yeah. Um, so, no, it's, really... it's really weird how, like, um, I guess, like, getting playlists on Spotify is almost like the repost of SoundCloud now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it's not it's not just that. I mean, it's, it's essentially... It's like as if SoundCloud is reposting for you, though. Like, right. <laughs> you're not getting reposted by other people. So, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, no, it's 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 like that and and radio combined, you know, because it's it's not just up to a specific person reposting it, like SoundCloud's account reposting it. It's like it, there's like so many other elements that go into it. Like with radio, there was the whole and there still is the whole payola, but not really payola kind of thing happening. So with Spotify, it's like yeah, you can go and do the initial pitching thing. Um, and hopefully it'll get into the algorithm. But realistically, if you're getting on those top playlists, that's because you know somebody there still, or you are actively mm. are keeping those connections. Yeah, kind of, very much so. It's definitely that, you know. And so it's still somewhat the same, but it's just more, even more selective now, which is just makes it harder. But you know, that's, that's how it goes. You know, the, the industry is always changing. The always industry moving. is definitely changing a lot. Like. I don't know. I feel like um, when you get first get into the industry, you go into it like so naive and thinking, oh no, you just gotta know somebody in this place, or like, oh maybe somebody will just hear me because my music's dope. And then it's kind of like, no, 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 just just know the right person in the right place, and everything will be fine. Yep. Like that's all it actually is. It's <laughs> kind of like it's a little bit disheartening sometimes, but like it's like I feel like you get to a point where you realize, oh, I just gotta keep on doing some cool shit and then find the right person to connect with. Them. Yep. It's not really necessarily about how good the music is. It's like who Which do you is know? crazy to that me. That is wild. Which, it, it's super wild. That's it's such a like and you know, that's it's not it is disappointing. It is it's, disappointing. It's very disappointing. It's incredibly disappointing that it's because it's, it's like you could literally be incredible at what you do and and not be recognized at all for it. Yeah, if you, you don't, don't know, know the right that, you don't know the right person. Yeah. Which is crazy. That's and speaking of you you made a good point you know it's it's no longer about like what necessarily what music you drop it's like who you know um so for you like your audience because you started out before Mm -hmm. you got in the same plate or anything like that 
um, you started out building this organic kind of following. Did that stick with you throughout this time or is had that kind of dissipated and you're like finding a new set of people to kind of It's It's about? hella stuck with me. Like, I have people DMing me like every now and again, like saying, Oh, I remember when you released a song in 2014 and I'm like, what? <laughs> and like, they're sending me a voice note and I'm like, that's not me. That doesn't sound like me. And I was like, bro, that was you. I followed you when you used to just go by ROM. And I'm like, wow, you guys really do stick around. Wow. And um, I've gained like a lot more followers recently, but a lot of them have even done like their homework and they've gone back to try and find all of my yeah. other stuff. Interesting. And um, yeah, I feel like I feel like all of my followers, if not all of them, um, the majority of them have stuck with me ever since I used to go by ROM and I had like a thousand followers on SoundCloud maybe. Uh, do you so, still so far, have all I, those? I feel like it's been great. Do you still have all those tracks on SoundCloud? Not every single one of them. I think my earliest one I, I have back to like end of 2015, maybe mm -hmm. or like um, start of 2016. Right. So, so started, like, I have the majority of them, yeah, like I, I, be between when I was ROM and ROM before. Got it. Wait. Wow. And, and speaking of when did you? Why did you switch from ROM to ROM before? Um, so it was two things, which is kind of like, one, I just wanted something that was more me and something that was more fun and something that was kind of like more random. And two, ROM is trash for SEO. True. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if you try searching ROM on Google, you are oh, not gosh. getting anything. You would always have to search ROM selection or ROM SoundCloud or ROM the producer. Like you would never just touch, type ROM and find anything. But like <laughs> being ROM before nobody else is called that. Therefore, you're always going to get me first if you True. do that. True. Um, so yeah, it was basically those two reasons. I was just like, I was bored of ROM and I was like, ROM the full school. And now people can find me because people are like, oh, I can't find you on Google. And I'm like, facepalm all the time. <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, okay, did you, did you try searching ROM SoundCloud? Right. <laughs> it's like, you don't really want to tell somebody who's trying to Google you. Oh, did you try searching this? You might get some results. Like, no, that's <laughs> That is so, um, That it really is yeah. trying to think about oh it. Oh my gosh. Like, Google yeah. me, but do it with this query exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, don't... Exactly, don't... <laughs> yeah. That, that used to hurt me sometimes, man. I'd, I'd be around, like, a bunch of friends. And, like, the, like back when I used to be um, one of the first went to LA and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was hanging out with, like, Oshi and, like, Sober Rob and all those guys. Mm. Whenever you search them, they would always come up. Of course. Like, oh, let's see. Let's see what comes up for ROM when you when you Google ROM. Nothing. <laughs> it's like literally read-only memory. Did you get like a Wikipedia page of like computer chips? And I'm like, right. oh well, that that actually that makes me pretty sad. I'm gonna change that. <laughs> I remember t I remember telling my manager at the time. I was kind of like, I'm changing my name to ROM before, and she was like, No, don't do that. And I was like, I have to. I have to do it. And she was like, Why? And I was like, Because I have to. Right. I have to change my name. <laughs> I want to be the first result. She was like, you will be the first result. I was like, no, I won't. See, I, 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 I would be the first too. result. I totally went through that. Well, see, I went through a, a few different things. Like I went through my first name ever uh, was Amex, which is horrid. American <laughs> Express. <laughs> It was bad, um, but it was you know I was trying to be you know kitschy. I was like it's it's M X with a Y, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> a M Y X ahead of my years experience. M X Gen Z. <laughs> like I was I, I was did ahead not know of my... about this name. I'm, I'm literally changing your name in my phone to the Amex now. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so I was like, all right, I have to think about this in a, in a little better way. You should have, you should have heard the music. Oh God, no, nobody should have heard the music. I, oh, I have. If oh, you show me some of yours, I'll show you some of my. Um, I, I found a bunch of beats I made in two thousand and nine on my Google Drive. We can, we can exchange, man. Absolutely, <laughs> I think we'll we'll have that uh, exchange off off the go. The Amix and pre, <laughs> pre rom. <laughs> but yeah, I went, I went, I actually didn't even go to Najee first. I went to Najee Adamson. Um, and, and that was like, I was in a weird phase where I wasn't mm. even like doing music or like, I wasn't an artist yet. I was still trying to be just a drummer and be kind of like a session drummer, a studio, um, musician kind of thing. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have MX for production stuff. And then we're going to have Najee Adamson for drumming stuff. And I'm gonna, you know, I have like three different avenues. Cause I always have three yeah. different names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For this everything. man has like 20 email addresses. <laughs> <laughs> But over you know, over time I was like, all right, I have to consolidate these. This makes more sense. And then I, I chopped off. I had uh I had a manager who didn't work out, but she actually recommended something great. She was just like, get rid of the Adamson, just go nausea. I'm like, ah, yeah. ah and then I did. And and I just kinda ran with that and that was twenty fifteen. So I like and the thing is it's it's SEO optimized for the states. But it is not SEO optimized for the Middle East because Najee is, <laughs> is like John over there. It's it is problematic. 
<laughs> you know, but I, I, over time, I've, I've come to kind of take control over the front page. So I'm not too concerned. I, I've done enough. I've done my time where, you know, if you look up Najee on Google, you can just do that now. And I'm the first results. I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm, I got the first page. I'm happy. You know? I'm content. People fight for that. Ron fought for it. He changed his name for it. Especially <laughs> another thing as well. Like there must be like some, I don't know, there must be some techno or dance electro- electronic producer called Ram or something. 100%. So a lot of the time back in 2015 or 2016, you'd go to my Spotify page. People would be like, are you on Spotify and Apple Music? And I'm like, yeah. And then they just listen to like some weird techno music, like some Spanish techno music or something. Everyone's like, is this what you make? And I'm like, no, 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 who's this? I go and look at the album artwork and I'm like, that's not me. But how can I remove this from my page? And like hitting people up, I was like, well, I need to remove this from my page right now. And they're like, you can't because you are both called Rum. And I was like, shit, I have to change my name. To something. Oh my so that, that was also another factor because like, I didn't want to be known for making like Spanish techno music. Oh Bro, my gosh. I feel you. That is r- but, I mean, I mean it's shout not out, rough, but shout it out to the other rum. Was it good? <laughs> shout out to the other rum. No hate to you. Shout was out it? to the other rum. No was hate. it good? I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can find it if you search rum. You can have your own judgments. <laughs> we'll he goes, you, you can find it. <laughs> it's somewhere. You can find it. it. It's there somewhere. Oh my gosh. Oh, so. so oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say you, you've you've talked a little bit about uh, Jonathan Jonathan Masters. He's actually somebody that I started following. I think it was, I, I don't know how I started following him on Twitter, but uh, somebody had retweeted something that he said and it was like really inspirational for like up, up and coming artists. And I was like, you know what, this man, I don't know why, but like every time he tweets, I'm like inspired. He has again. golden tweets, golden tweets. He has dude, like the J- best Jonathan tweets. Jonathan Masters literally like dad, like, like in real life. Dude is just sick, man. Like every time I meet up with him, I just give him a big hug and I'm like, John! And he's like, Ron, what's going on, man? And then like, we'll all like, we'll sit down and I'll be talking to him about like, why I don't really like PlayStation 2 graphics as much in my older age. Cause mm. I didn't, uh, maybe I don't appreciate it as much anymore. And he'll be like, yeah, man. Yeah. I remember when I was playing like Amiga and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. You've lost me there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember one time we was, in the, um, we was in the studio in LA actually, and I was I was pretty high. I'm not gonna lie. And I remember he came into my session. This is when I was like almost coming to the end of finishing my album. Yeah. And he was like, "Yeah, I used to make beats too." And I was like, "No, you didn't." He was like, "Yeah, I did." So he he basically pulled up like a Dropbox file on his phone and showed me some of the old beats he used to make. Oh man! And I'm like, dude, you he, like he's literally he literally sounds like he could be on like on like brain feeder or something. I was like, dude, this is actually what? insane. He was like, yeah, I just don't want to make beats anymore. And I was like, cool. What? Interesting. <laughs> which funny. is why I guess he's, um, I guess is which is why it's so helpful when it comes to like, I remember when I was finishing up that one song on my album with Toby. Yeah. And I just felt like it was missing something. And he was giving such good advice. And I was like, did you produce? Right, right. And then, then that's when everything came out. And it was kind of like, oh, so you were a producer. Okay, cool. It's like, it feels like but, you've um, done yeah, this Yeah, J- Jonathan's awesome, man. Oh man, I, I, I cannot say a bad word about that guy. I have yet to meet him, but I already have great, great ideas and ideals about him. I, Same. I hope to meet him someday. Yeah. Um, but speaking of, of game consoles, uh, I know you are an avid fan of gaming, like and and like classic games. So like Dreamscape or Dreamscape, Dreamscape, <laughs> Dreamscape. <What>? Dreamcast. <laughs> Um, Wasn't that an internet browser? Oh, no, right, yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> Netscape. Like, is that Netscape? You know, Dreamcast. <laughs> Stri- Had a excuse baby. me, that was incorrect of me. Uh, but no, Dreamcast, <laughs> like Sega Dreamcast, PlayStation Two, oh. you know, like all the uh, Xbox, the original. Like, what what is your favorite console so far? Oh, that's so hard. Um, uh, can I have a top three? Yeah, of course. Yes. Yay. Okay, in no particular order, Dreamcast. GameCube and hmm, <laughs> I really really love those two. They're, they're definitely up there. Dreamcast and GameCube definitely. Dreamcast There's not really much point in saying P- uh, no. I'm gonna say PS2. Yeah, PS2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was a PS2 head. I actually I also had a a, a Dreamscape. <laughs> no, I had a Dreamcast. Did you? Um, yeah, I did have a Dreamcast oh, damn. like forever ago. That all my friends and PS2. Had I, I, my, the first... I, I still have all of those consoles. Oh my Wait, god! How, I'm how many consoles do you own? Oh, I, I have so many. Um, I have, I have pretty much everything between 1999 up until recent times. My god! Wow. You the don't have the original. I don't pl- have currently. The original. I have PlayStation. the original PlayStation. God damn. Yeah, I, I, I have every <laughs> single PlayStation. 
I had a Vita, but like they're kind of trash, so I sold it. <laughs> um, can, can you say that yeah. under Sony? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, 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 no, I love all my Sony products. Right. Sony's amazing. <laughs> Shout out Sony. Oh, <laughs> but I mean, that's that's crazy. I, yeah. I didn't know you were such an avid collector, though. Like, I, I knew I knew you loved games, but I didn't know like you were like that deep into it which is great because i i would be that if i could afford it <laughs> you know i mean like the, i think that's another reason why i love retro video games because um i'm not sure about the us but like at least over here like if like i really love like you know the gamecube ps2 dreamcast era mm -hmm. of games mm -hmm. there are so many like um secondhand video game stores now that sell ps2 games for like under a pound or wow. like dreamcast games for like under two pounds which is why i'm always going to this into these stores and buying video games and I post them on CX for like, yeah, I got this for 60 pence. I literally got like, mm. I have so many games that I literally barely spent any money on. I think my whole retro video game collection probably cost me less than 150 pounds. And I have oh, like every gosh. console in oh, that God. generation. I have um, PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4, uh, Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, Nintendo 64, SNES, SNES Mini, wow. uh, GameCube. Of I have course. two GameCubes. Two GameCubes. <laughs> Because uh, I wanted the Japanese orange ones, but they didn't sell them anywhere else apart from Japan. Ah. Uh, and they, they just look really, really cool. Plus, you know how everything used to be region locked back in the day. So right. if there were like right. some Japanese games you wanted to play, you can't play them on European consoles right. and vice versa. Crazy. Uh, so that's pretty much why I have two GameCubes. But also, <laughs> I just really wanted the orange one. I'm not going to lie. As soon as I went to Japan and I saw that, I was like, there was an orange one. What? I didn't I mean, know that until is, I went there. Fire. I was like, I have to get it. No, the orange one's great. It's, it's amazing. It looks so cool. It reminds me of like a Nickelodeon. Like remember? Yeah. Remember, like they have to like they, had, they had custom consoles. Like they had a, like an orange N sixty four that they mm -hmm. released. Like and then they had like a slime one too. Like they went. I love the orange ones. Anyway, but um, speaking of Japan, I know that you and I we are both massive fans of Asia in general. So China, Japan. Yes. Like where where does that come from for you? Why do you why do you love it so much over there? See, so here's the thing. So, like, I, I did used to watch anime back when I was in, like, year six, so I guess sixth grade for Americans. Um, <laughs> and I was kind of, like, an on-and-off watcher of it, but I, I was never really into Asian culture at all. I didn't really know anything about it, which is why I was never really into it. Uh -huh. Until my white label came out, and then um, I just got asked to go to Korea to play a show. And at first, because I didn't know anybody Korean, I didn't actually have many Asian friends, so I was kind of like, okay, oh god, they're gonna hate me over there. I'm black, like, gonna, like I was being, I'm being honest, like, yeah. they're gonna rip me to shed, they're gonna rip me to shreds. I've seen all these internet like videos where right. people go to Asia, blah blah blah. So I was scared. I was shook. I was like, oh my god, I, I think I, I don't know. I was like, I want to do it. I don't want to do it though. I'm kind of scared. I am so happy I did it because Asia is the freaking best place in the entire universe, dude. <laughs> like, I feel like all my best friends come from Asia. I love Asian food. Obviously, I'm a massive fan of video games. Yeah. Korean R&B. My Woo! God. Mm -hmm. like, Korean R&B. It's huge. I was it, just, it's incredible. I was just listening to uh, Crush's new single with that with Evan Morrison. Crush is Crush goes stupid, man. Crush goes stupid. Obviously, Dean. I mean, I know he was on your album and too. Dean. But like, uh, Dean is Dean is obviously the homie. But like, <laughs> what? Their, their their love for R and B is. I don't know if that's a new thing. I, mean, I completely forgot. Me and you went to Dean's Airbnb when it was in London, and we yeah. had the hot dogs. <laughs> and so, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of like, what? And she's like, you know Dean as well? And I was like, oh yeah, we was both there in the studio. And then I remember you played some tracks from like your EP he was working on. And right. all of us were just like, oh my God. <laughs> he was like, doves, doves, literal doves. And he's like, come listen to this, doves, right? And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. What does doves mean? I, I didn't know, but he really rocked with it. I was like, all right, good to know. This shit is doves. <laughs> doves. <laughs> Dude, that could totally be like a new slang word. That would be amazing. Yo, Yo bro, that shit is doves, bro. Like, <laughs> hell yeah. I'm, I'm trying to build up my bird lexicon, right? Because I have, <laughs> we have doves, right? I also had pigeons, right? Pigeons was something I developed way back when with my homie Randy Savage. And I was just like, it was a shorthand, even though it's a longhand, but a shorthand for cool. Because I was just like, you know, cool, cool. And then I was just like, pigeons. You know what I'm <laughs> Yo, that shit is pigeons. I was like, yo, pigeons, word. You know yo, what I'm pigeons That's are crazy, really smart. Though. You know, I was, you know, it's just it's little things. It's the little things that add up. But, uh, but no, like, <laughs> but, you know, why? So when's the last time you went to Asia? Like, when when's the last time you did a show or anything like that? 
uh, Halloween last year. Um, I've been going to Asia for the last three Halloweens, and I've been having the best. Ha- like I did my first Halloween in Asia in Tokyo in 2016, <gasps> and then I did uh, Indonesia 2017 and China. Then I did Korea last year for Halloween. Are you going just to go? Oh, or are you like? Uh, are so- you performing? Both. Like sometimes, <laughs> like I just go to go, and I just end up performing. Sometimes I go to perform, then I just you know I just end up chilling. Like it's kind of vice versa. So like nowadays it's like I'll just go to Korea and whatever happens happens, or I'll go to Japan and whatever happens happens. But yeah, I feel you. Yeah, because I remember last time I went there, I went to play a show, and I had like a spare week, and then I remember like um this guy called Sike and this other guy called DPR. Um, they have a whole team called like DPR, mm. and like I remember them hitting me up just saying, "Oh, we we saw you in Korea. Let's come and make music." So I went to these guys' studios and I was like. Oh my god, you guys are like, they're all like, Joe Rome, we love you, man, we love you. And I was like, no, I, I, I guess I love you guys too. And like, these, two guitar, these two guitar players come up to me, it was like, bro, we love you guitar so much, man. We, are, we really want to show you what you can do. So I'm like, yeah, cool. So these two kids now, they just like break up two guitars and play like the most insane chord progressions and melodies I've ever heard in my entire life. And I was like, oh yeah, play with us. I was like, no, no, I'm cool, cool, I'm cool. Right, I, was like, like, I was like, no, I just, I click, I'm a button clicker. I don't play any instruments. You, you guys have handled that area. I'm going to sit in the back. Um, <laughs> Which is funny because you, you're DTR a guitarist. Well. <laughs> well, I thought I was until I met these guys. <laughs> um, and even when I had the studio session with DPR as well, and it was like, oh, they love my chords and stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, man, I checked out some of their music. And I'm like, they're cool. Then I remember I was having a jam with like um like the piano player in their whole team, and this guy was reminding me of like you know you know like those fifty year old like black people in like black churches they just sit there and they're all like yep. oh I didn't want to be there but they're playing like some crazy like chords yep. he reminded me of like somebody like that but he was like nineteen <laughs> and I was like I was just like I was gobsmacked I was like where are you learning this from and I was like oh my gosh I love going to Asia so much I just feel like I always just learn something. That's, wait, I, do you, I feel um, like it humbles you as well. Do you like know, like, because I'm, I'm getting ready to make a trip myself uh, to Korea for like two, three weeks in November or no, October. Oh, my God. I'm going in November. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be there like the, the, the beginning of November. I think I'm like I'm trailing into it a bit, but I'm, I'm doing like a small Asia tour thing. Like, like I'm just going to go. But like if I have any shows or if I get any shows, that'd be great. But I'm just going to put myself into beer dead and also experience the culture. <laughs> um, but no, no. Like, do you know, like, do you know Korean? Do you know Japanese? Or like, how how essential is it to to enjoy yourself over there? Um, I think it's more essential to have friends there. Gotcha. Because like you'll get better experiences than you know just googling what to do and stuff. Because there are certain things that people who obviously live there they can take you to all these cool underground spots that you might not necessarily find on Google. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like um, l- learning the little bits, like you know, like hello, goodbye, thank you, sorry, right. like things like that. They really do like that and they appreciate it. Personally, every everywhere I go, I always try to learn like the real basics just so I don't come across as like rude. Right. Because I don't really feel like I should go somewhere and then force them to speak English if they don't really exactly. know how to yeah. certain things. Like I wanna at least say hello and thank you in their language. Or no, by, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Hundred percent. No, because I, I'm um, like I only know basic, basic, basic phrases in like Japanese and Korean, but like China I, and I have yet to go there, but China even though Mandarin is my first language I, I literally forgot all of it, and I'm like I just want to, I want to know some basic <laughs> things before I get out there, but you know Now, my, now you see Mandarin, that that is where that was where I draw the line right. uh, <laughs> Japanese, <laughs> Japanese, Korean Indonesian, I am I am totally fine with learning those things I actually learned quite a decent amount I was in China for five weeks on my first China tour and I was trying to learn Mandarin and like I literally got stuck at the word meat I still can't remember how to say it but it, it was something so basic but the way you have to move your mouth to say the word I was just like yeah and then like when my friend telling me oh if you say this word like four different ways it has four different meanings yep, so I was yep. like oh no I don't want to learn this anymore it's scary it's I called somebody's mom a horse like just it's, by, it's just so by. easy to <laughs> Cause I remember I said something and then someone was like oh you just said bitch and I was like no 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 no, 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 no I didn't mean to say that I wanted a drink I wanted a drink I'm hot <laughs> like um, I always remember that one that one moment when I stopped trying I was like I'm not doing this anymore like, I was like I'm no no, no I, 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 I am not rude no I feel you I, I, I feel that a million percent so like I would I would assume you know over there you you were actually talking about moving to Japan at one point. Are you still planning on doing that? 
See, so this whole talk was coming about before I got signed to Sameplay. Um, uh, I'm not sure if that would make my commitments harder if I was to do that, but I, I still very much want to do that. Gotcha. Um, I feel like, if anything, it could actually be easier to do it now, more so than it was in the past, just because I have more of a presence over there now. Got after um, being quite integrated into like the Korean music scene and like working with a few Japanese artists and stuff, you I feel like it would be a, a bit of an easier move now. You'd but, have to um, give up your, your yeah. citizenship, though. Would you not? Oh, I wouldn't move permanently, but like just a temporary move, like maybe gotcha. like one to three years, maybe. Like a work visa type situation. Gotcha. Gotcha. But, um, with, with the current situation with uh, Brexit, I totally would not mind giving up my citizenship right now. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> they can keep that passport when I leave. I'm out. Oh, goodness. No, no, I, I get no, it. No, no, I'm joking. I'm, I'm a passport. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know they're listening. I know they're listening right now. Yeah, I was careful. joking. They're not uh, listening to the podcast. Up, they're listening to us recording. I don't, I don't want them to pull up at the house and just be like, right. yeah, give us your passport, then get out. <laughs> yeah. So wait, you, you mentioned you were doing some live shows uh, like back then or like like last year or so. Um, so are you planning any shows for this year or like the upcoming years? Like, What's, what's, what's 2019, 2020 look like for you? Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm actually doing my first headline tour, uh, my first headline live tour. Um, oh, cool. Starting from this month, actually. So I, I do Barcelona uh, September 28th. I have London, Birmingham and Manchester October 2nd, 3rd and 5th. I think I have Paris on the 4th, but we're still trying to confirm that. And then I think I will take my live tour to Asia in November, which is why I'm going to be over there. Um, but yeah, I, I basically like did like some trial and error of my live sets whilst I was in China last year and Indonesia, just because, you know, I feel like it's better to try it out to like a few smaller crowds who weren't mm-hmm. so familiar with me. So when I did that and everyone was like, yo, we love that. We need more of this music. I was like, okay, cool. So this works out for me. I'm not DJing anymore. Or maybe not as much as I used to anyway. Right. Yeah. I just feel like um, doing live sets was a natural progression for me, which is kind of what I always wanted to do anyway. Hmm. What, what does your um, live so set been, look like? Um, so I've really, really been modeling my live sets kind of off FKJs. Mm-hmm. I really, really love what he does. Um, so obviously I, I produce an FL Studio. I make music and everything in FL Studio. Mm-hmm. But I've been learning Ableton uh, pretty intensely over the past year. So, you know, I'd be using um, the APC40 MK2 to control and loop. And, you know, I've got my custom mapping with it and stuff. I also have a guitar. I have a bass. I loop vocals. I'm I'm planning on, like, um, bringing an SPD into it. But for now, I'm just going to keep it guitars and um, looping uh, just because it's easier to travel with for the moment. So I can kind of get my budget up a little bit more. But, yeah, I've I've been, like, studying FKJ so much and, like, live looping and just generally kind of like making edits of my own tracks that kind of like coincide with the tracks they're inspired by. So right. what I've been doing with my live sets is kind of like, I have this one track called uh, Catch Me From My Album with Jay Prince, which is like heavily inspired by Pharrell's Frontin. So I've basically just made ways for the song to end and start into Pharrell's Frontin in my own version. Cool. And then I would cover that song. And I've done that with like a bunch of songs for my live set. So it's kind of like, it keeps it really interesting. So you're hearing a fresh version of the song, but then you're also going to hear why I made the song or the closest thing to it. And then I'm also going to perform my version of that, then like a bunch of edits and stuff. That's um, so I've been having dope. fun practicing with it and just coming up with like really cool ideas and unique ways to try and make my life sets, not just, I'm going to stand here and play exactly what I played on the album now. Right. And you guys have spent money like that. I was like, okay, if you guys are paying to see me, I want to at least make sure that you're going to leave and be like, that was cool. Mm. Instead of, I just heard his album. <laughs> so, yeah. No. And you just you just started singing too. Like, are you just are you at least using your voice in your in your tracks? What uh, yeah. what, what made you uh, go into step into that realm? Um, I've always ever since I was little, and um, even my friend KFR always said I've just been really, really good with harmonies and like melodies and those kind of things. I also did sing a little bit back when I was in like secondary school, mm-hmm. but um, it was something I never had the confidence to do. So, which is why. I don't know if a lot of people have noticed, but a lot of the early guitar melodies in my older songs were basically substitutes for what I would have done if I was to sing it. Uh-huh. So the guitar melodies I play was what I would have sang it if I was to write a song to it, but I didn't want to do that because I was too scared to sing. Hmm. And then, um, I don't know when, I just made the jump and I was like, okay, I'm just going to try and see what happens. And if people hate it, I would just never ever do it again. But at least it was my own album. Um, but then everyone's like, you should sing more. We actually mm-hmm. like your voice. Um, <laughs> I did this like really short song like last year called Takeoff. But uh-huh. I literally just kind of like repeated the same thing over and over again. It was like about three lines and I just kind of like harmonized and stuff. And everyone was like, you have a really nice voice actually, you should sing more. 
and I was like, okay, I'm definitely nowhere near as good as Emavi or like Nagi, for example. But it's wow, like, okay, like sure. I can put across my ideas in the way that works for my music. Uh-huh. And I feel like the more and more I started to do it and started to write and started to help other people with their harmonies and their melodies. And everyone's like, why don't you just do it yourself? I was kind of like, you know, what? I feel like there's more benefits to being an artist than there is to being a producer. And mm-hmm. if it's something I can do and actively develop, then why not? Interesting. So wait, so for you, I mean, obviously you consider yourself a producer, but like, are you like nowadays, do you consider yourself more an artist than a producer or do you kind of just like envelop everything in one lump of romness? <laughs> uh, I think I just put kind of put everything in the one lump of romness now. Um, cause <laughs> like I said, like every, I'm pretty sure everybody knows if you know me, you know, I'm a massive fan of the Neptunes or Pharrell and I'm right, right. the creator. Um, I've just always loved that these, these are guys that, like they're not necessarily just artists or like fashion heads but they are just them and they do all these things like tyler the creator mm-hmm. is not just a rapper or not just a right. producer he's not just the guy that makes golf i mean he right. scores movies he has tv shows you know he does all these things and same with pharrell he wasn't just a producer you know he had any idea then he started scoring movies as well then he opened billionaire's boy club and he was kind of like one of the best dressed men in 2005 and you know stuff like that <laughs> It's just kind of like, I want to just be like that, pretty much, where it's like, I do all of these things, and I keep on adding things to the list, but I'm not just this one thing, I am just wonderful. And whatever hmm. you know me for, like, I, I want it to be like, if I start a clothing brand that, like, somebody would, like, go and buy the clothes, because the clothes are really cool, but they're like, oh, he makes music too, I didn't even know that. It's just right. like, yes. different people know me for different things. So that's the right. ideal, um, that's definitely I've always been a massive fan of that. Same, yeah. Brother, we, we I, I rock with that. I mean, Absolutely, like, something we're, we're also trying to build out ourselves. You know, just like slowly incorporating different elements and different, I guess, uh, practices or disciplines mm-hmm. and different mediums. Just throwing it all in there and seeing what people resonate with. <laughs> like, and like you said, you know, if somebody connects with you because you released a certain thing, and they're like, "Oh, I didn't even know you did this." Like when I released the the splice pack, you know, I <laughs> I did that. They're like, "This is amazing," and then they're like, "Whoa, you sing too?" And I was like, "That's hilarious," because like that's literally <laughs> what I've been known for. But hey, I'm, thank you. You know? <laughs> you know, I love that. I love that when that happens. And like, you know, delving into fashion and delving into visual mediums is a whole other thing. Yeah. I love like well, we're trying to. I won't give away too much, but we're trying to also do that and just give other people the chance to you know experience this in a whole other light. And it's cool. It's an amazing thing. To Me do. too. That's pretty much exactly what I'm working on. It's kind of like. Rom Defoe, like the edit producer, he was on Soul Action in 2016, like, mm-hmm. or let's just say Rom, when I used to go buy right. Rom at that point. That that version of me no longer exists. Um, it was a cool memory, but it's kind of like mm. another reason why I also like Ferran Tyler the Creator is you can listen to Tyler the Creator back when you release like Goblin and Bastard, right, and then right. you see where he's at with Eagle. It's like it's a completely different person. Oh, yeah. Or like Pharrell, when he was doing stuff for the Neptunes in 2000 or 2000, for example, then like, you know, releasing happy or like the stuff he's doing now mm-hmm. and it's kind of like oh that doesn't even sound like the pharrell from 2001 but it still sounds like pharrell i really love that so it's kind of like i want people to be like it still sounds like rom but it's not you know i'm yeah. not necessarily going to make like banging club 808 heavy right. kind of music <laughs> i just i want to be able to create for me i want to be able to create colorfulness whatever that falls into it's just mm. colorfulness whether that's rock or r&b or hip-hop or anything I wouldn't really want to call myself like an R&B producer or R&B musician or a hip-hop or whatever. I just want to be a guy that makes music and I can make whatever music I choose to make. Yeah, and I think we're really in that that era now. Uh, I, f- I feel like the internet has really pushed us into that era of, of more like genre-less artists. And people just start following artists because they like the artists and less because it's like, oh, well, that's like R&B and I like R&B. And I listen to every R&B artist, you know, it's like people are like, oh, I listen to Rom, Rom Durful, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I listen to, to Najee, you know, uh, even though technically, yes, they've had R&B elements, but like they're, they're completely all their other songs are so different, too. You know what I mean? 100%. So I did want to ask, though, about your uh, your love for uh, uh, Ikea. Ah, my favorite place ever. When did this? Because you're the you're the main. I don't I don't even know why, but like, I have wanted now IKEA products, <laughs> like not not IKEA products specifically, but like IKEA branded products more than it's like when people wear like. Do you remember like those Blockbuster shirts that people had? Do you remember? Does anybody remember that at Vaguely. all? Vaguely, I like, I do not. 
Like there were like there was a brand coming out. I forget. It was just a clothing brand that came out with like blockbuster styled clothes, and it was that really interesting. Cool, it was it was pretty cool. It was very cool. Um, but it's just it's just really interesting too because like was it your girlfriend that was creating those IKEA? Patch? She, she like, is, and she she literally comes up with like a new a new material or a new color like every other week, and I'm then basically I'm just like her beta tester, and then she gives me all these bags. I'm kind of like, yeah, you'll keep me dripping at the moment. Right. Like, that, that was kind of like that was kind of one thing, but like there's multiple things with the IKEA thing. Okay, so when I first discovered that I I really messed with IKEA, um, I was actually in Korea in 2017, and I was walking through like one of the markets in Korea. Mm. And I noticed they just had like, they had like this IKEA sweatshirt. It was just like a blue sweatshirt. They had the IKEA logo in the front and the back. And I was like, that is strange. Like, wh- why would why would anybody wear that? It's, it's IKEA. Like, people go there to buy furniture or whatever. <laughs> and then I bought it just because I just I just thought, why not? Like, it's strange. You know, I like being kind of like random. Yeah. Then I walked into another store and I saw like the IKEA like a blue IKEA fanny pack, and I was like. Ike is just it's just a Korean thing. The, the people in like like Korea just wear IKEA stuff. Hey, and I'm then I just it. randomly started visiting IKEA like frequently just for like for no reason. I would go there to eat food and yeah, like, go cafeteria. walk around. And then all of a sudden I was just like, you know what, IKEA's lit. Like IKEA is cool. And then I didn't I didn't even intentionally try to make it become a thing. But I just started to like wearing IKEA products. Um and then I remember one time me and my girlfriend, we went into IKEA and we noticed they had different color bags, like the big bags you can buy. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, at this point, like, my blue fanny pack that I'd bought from Korea two years prior was kind of worn out. And she was like, oh, I bet I can make that. And I was like, really? Do you really think you could do that? She was like, yeah. So we just bought a couple of the bags. And then, like, two weeks later, she FaceTimed me. She was like, yeah, I just made, like, seven bags. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so you really can do that? She was like, oh, yeah, that's easy. And I was like, what? I was like, you need to do something with this. This is incredible. Then, as I started wearing all these different colored bags, people started noticing that, like, I'm frequently always putting IKEA on social media. Yep. <laughs> and I just kind of, like, I almost kind of got awarded the IKEA guy, like, involuntarily. I never really tried to make that a thing, but, like, <laughs> I'm happy it became a thing because now this is really my thing, kind of, like. And then when I started to think about it, I was like, um, it's kind of the same, like, Pharrell had Bape in the early 2000s and he was always known yeah. for wearing Bape. And everybody kind of jumped on the Supreme bandwagon because of, like, Tyler the Creator. Mm-hmm. And it's like now people are jumping on the IKEA bandwagon because of me. I'm kind of like, okay, cool. Because nobody else thought to do it. And now I'm almost kind of like one of the faces of, like, wearing IKEA for some reason. Which is so, like, I'm, great. Like, I'm that's actively great. trying to work on some kind of partnership with IKEA, but I will keep you guys updated on that. <laughs> I was going to say, have like, you reached uh, out to them? <laughs> yeah, we, we have reached out to them. Uh so yeah, I, I will. I will keep you guys oh updated with uh, whatever Please happens with that. But do. IKEA has to be one of my favorite random things, and I think I just discovered that I like to wear things that aren't necessarily meant to be for fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like random company logos, I just really like wearing those kind of things. Like I would totally wear a shirt that said Vaseline on it, <laughs> or like you know, <laughs> something random like that <laughs> for no reason at all. I, I literally randomly bought like a bunch of shirts that have like old school PlayStation logos on it a few days ago. Oh, same. Um, I have a bunch of those. Too. I got a, a bunch of. Actually, it's like a PlayStation ad from Japan, and it's just a whole shirt. That's <laughs> just that. That, that it's sounds amazing. tight. It's super cool. I'm actually wearing a Cowboy Bebop shirt right now. There you go. I need to get into Cowboy Bebop. I never really Bro, oh my God, no. getting into what? it. The music's I, I insane. Watched it. I just never got into it enough. Um, ah. That's my fault, obviously. I need to be more consistent with it. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. It's like, some of the best music, honestly, in, of any anime that mm-hmm. I've heard. That and Samurai Shampoo. Yeah. They got it. They Samurai got it. Shampoo. A million percent. But speaking yeah. of uh, animation comics cartoons what's your your take on and i know you you have to be somewhat biased but what's your uh take on the whole spider-man disney versus sony debacle <laughs> i don't think they should have removed him from the mcu for like for the reasons they did because it was um it was something to do with venom wasn't it as far as i'm aware no actually so it is straight oh, up okay. just money <laughs> yeah i think Dis- disney was asking um yeah, they were asking Sony for like a higher percentage from the Spider-Man movies. Right. So, okay. oh yeah, I heard about that. Cause yeah. Wasn't everything like something small, like five percent? Then they want like forty-five percent or they something 50%. like that. But it was like five percent oh, of opening night only. 
it's it's a deal that like a lot of actors typically do because typically you know a movie's like opening night worldwide is like Ridiculous. millions of <laughs> millions of dollars it's like billions of dollars you know um but yeah so so they were only, Disney was only getting like 5% of whatever the opening night box office was what but that's yeah, but see a lot of people only take that one part and they don't like they don't know the full context Disney's Disney's kind of like skeevy they're, they're sus okay first off right Disney is a 250 billion plus dollar company right right Sony is about 75 80 billion right both big but Disney's yeah yeah he's yeah. bigger uh, so when Disney first approached Sony to try and because Marvel Sony owns the film rights to uh, Spider-Man and then Marvel owns the character rights uh, so they own so Disney kind of was like well we want to they obviously they have the Avengers and they want to involve Spider-Man in it but they right. couldn't do it on film because Sony owns the rights so the when they actually started involving him in the, the whole Mar- the cinematic universe they were like alright we'll make you a deal Disney was like Hey, well, well, what if we, you know, give you all the profits, that kind of thing for the rest of it. We just want to use it. And that was fine. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Disney, Disney owns the merch rights, right? Merch rights, yes. Okay, and Sony owns the film rights. Film rights, gotcha. So Disney was like, cool, we'll let you take all the film profits because you own it, right? And we just want to be able to license using him in our film. Mm -hmm. We're going to take all the the revenue from merch and et cetera, et cetera. But you get to keep 95% of the film profits. Right. Right. And then they came back. Now, mind you, to make Avengers was probably like, I I think it was estimated around like $150 or so. Yeah, it was a lot. It was was expensive. Right. And originally, they footed the bill, right? And then they profited. Yeah. Then they profited a billion and some change, right? Then they came back for the after the that agreement for like the three movie deal mm-hmm. expired. They were like, we want to renew it. But the w- reason why Disney's skeevy is because they know that it only takes about a hundred, hundred fifty billion to make or sorry, million to make the movie. And they said, what if we do a 50-50 uh, you know, profit split and uh you know, we just go in 50-50, half and half. And we'll, we'll take 50% of all the, the continual profits. And Sony was like, why would we do that when we own the film rights? And it only costs $100 million to make the film. But then it's going to generate a billion, $2 billion. And you want to take half? Wait, wait, wait. So they were asking Sony to go 50-50 on making an Avengers movie? Making a Spider-Man movie. Knowing huh. that Spider-Man is, is a very, very... Profitable, yeah. profitable thing. So they're like, yeah, we'll go 50-50 on the, on the, you know, the production and we'll just take 50% of the profits. And Sony was like, you're high. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? And basically, it's just been that back and forth where it's like, um, no, <laughs> we're not doing that. Like, originally, they wanted to keep the original arrangement and they were like, nah, we got to renegotiate. So there's a bunch of going back and forth with it. But ultimately, as a fan, I'm just like, why can't y'all just get along? I just... <laughs> I just want Spider-Man in the Money Avengers Man. universe. And i that's just how I feel about it. I don't know how you feel about Rom, but that's how I feel about it. How long do you think it's going to be until Disney just owns literally everything? Oh, gosh. I honestly it's give it... It's getting so close to that point. Yeah. It's it's scary. It's it's honestly scary because they're already... They just bought Fox. They bought Fox. They Wait, exactly. NBC. They bought Fox. Yeah. They have... Uh, no, they don't have NBC Universal. Yet. They do not have NBC Universal yet. I think they're and working. that that all has. Oh that's my gosh! All if they take stuff. NBC Universal, that's actually could they essentially will have two theme parks then. Yeah, <laughs> like that yep. would be insane. That'd be scary, and they'd be a direct, direct competitor to Sony because Universal, if you recall, is one of the big three major labels. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'd just be like we coming for your neck. <laughs> but you know. Uh... Maybe oh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But anywho, I, I that was random, a random tangent. But I, this is something I thought you might want to weigh in on. Um, but besides, more that, interesting is Hasbro. Hasbro, yeah, purchasing Death Row Records. <laughs> Wait, what? You didn't hear about this? No. Yeah, yeah. So Hasbro. So Mr. Potato Head now owns Tupac, Tupac, and <laughs> the 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 Chronic. <laughs> and uh, Snoop Dogg's first album, what yeah, was it called? Of, I can't even remember. I don't remember the name of it. Hasbro, like, Hasbro. like Battleships Hasbro. Yep. Ha- yes. That's the one. What? 
Absolutely. So the reason why they own it is because they purchased uh, Death Row's parent company. I can't remember what their name is. It's like eight or E something. It was it was a, it was an acquisition. And in the acquisition, that was one of the properties. It was like, oh, we also own this. Here you go. <laughs> Yo, but honestly, if they had Mr. Potato Head dressed as like Dr. Dre, oh my, <laughs> like who wouldn't Ron. buy that? Ron, please tell me you got you got to cop that if it comes out. You got to cop it and wear it like. Dude, just... look, I, I will literally dress up as Mr. Potato, Mr. Mr. Pat- Mr. Patupac, Mr. Patupac, <laughs> Mr. Patupac. I will totally dress up as him Mr. for Halloween. Oh my god, whenever that happens. Actually, why don't we just make it a thing so Hasbro, you know, they watch out for it and they just steal the idea, and I'll be like, you're welcome. <laughs> no, no, let's not do that. I'm joking. I mean, you are a walking billboard. Though. Just keep that in yes. mind. You could, you could, you could make it happen. We believe in you. <laughs> I, I've, you know what I've noticed? So like, I've kind of made a few things happen because I remember back in 2015, I used to be really, really obsessed with Skittles, mm. and people <laughs> knew me because of that. And then it was pineapples, and I, it still is pineapples. I really love pineapples. But then IKEA came about, so I just kind of have a knack for making <laughs> things catch on for like very unintentionally. I feel like I could literally just be sitting in my shorts eating like a bowl of cereal and people would be like, mood. I'm like, okay, cool. You guys assigned that one to me again. But uh, that, I do not like conflicts. Run with conflicts. that. You have a gift. Oh my gosh, oh have my you God. guys ever Googled? Have you guys ever Googled why were conflicts invented? No. No, why were they invented? Just, just, just Google it. Just Google, Google it. Google. I feel like it's going to be a really, really dark... I don't know. I feel like it's it, going to be really it's dark. It's very strange. Like, you, you won't expect it. You'll be like, what You're the hell? You're kidding really? me. Like, Is this I real? Out, I was like, it's real. Whoa, bro. Whoa. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? What is this about? Whoa. I... I can't right even here. talk about it. So I'm gonna talk about it. No. That's why I didn't say anything because I don't think I can say this. I so don't think we should like say switch. anything. Wow. Okay. We're gonna. I'm gonna leave it the elements of, of surprise here. <laughs> we should. You guys should look up why cornflakes were invented. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't believe it at first, but I mean, like, all the sources are there. So it's kind of like, oh, so this wow. is this really was why they made cornflakes. It's like, it's a bit of a strange <laughs> reason. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm afraid to eat it that, now. That's almost like saying, oh, like, oh, this fried chicken is so bland, I don't want to mate anymore. That might... <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. It's oh, my God. Incredible. Well, on that note, uh, is there anything else you'd like to share with us before we depart? <laughs> uh... Socials, projects, live shows. I do have yeah. social media, yes. Social media is a thing that people use in 2019. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just Romdeful on everything, you know, Romdeful, R-O-M-D-E-R-F-U-L. Uh, I am actively working on my second album right now, um, as well as developing my live shows. I'm not going to say too much about that because I want it to be like quite a shock. Of course, of course. Um, and also, I have a new YouTube series coming out where oh. I'm going to cook food and then try and make a song before the food cooks. Uh, and then tell you, and then tell you if the food or the song. Well, obviously you'll you'll see the food and the song. Then you can kind of judge if I did good or not. Uh, but I just thought it would be like a really random idea since you know I I do actively like cooking. Hey, there you go. And oh every God. now and again, I just post things on Instagram like, "Yo, I just made chicken today," or like, "I made a I made pho," or "I made like like dumplings or something." And people yeah. like, "This looks good. You should show us how you made it." I was like, "Okay, what if I took it a step further and tried to make a song?" But the only thing is, I'm making sure that all the recipes are things you can cook in less than 15 or 20 minutes, Got just it. so it keeps it interesting. So I'm, I'm even going to try and do an episode where I'm, you know, I'm going to make some toast and then see if I can make a song literally before within that time. <laughs> or, or a beat or something before the toast pops up. Um, but yeah, that's, that's currently another visual thing I'm working on. I want to utilize YouTube more. Uh, so actually, the first episode of that comes out today, which is Wednesday the 4th. Oh. Of September. Uh, wow. So that will be out like within the next two hours or so. So I'm excited. Well, there you go. Well, um, this this doesn't premiere. Well, uh, today is. Let's see. If it's the 24th last week, today would be. Uh, let's look at the calendar, shall we? Because I can't <laughs> math right now. Are you planning on doing these like weekly, monthly? Do you know yet? Uh, I'm planning on doing it every two weeks, and another reason I'm doing it is because I want it to be like something that I can be quite interactive. So. 
when I go to different places around the world and I have artist friends that want to like hit them and be like, yo, come on the show and we both have to try and make yep. something and then make a song together before, you know, whatever we're cooking. <laughs> that's and that's cooking. smart. That's um, so smart. The first episode actually did with my friend Kay Faraway. Mm. Obviously, when I come to Pennsylvania or when you come to London, me and you are definitely doing one. Like all, all three of us, we're definitely doing a cooking <laughs> show. A million? Um, gonna, yes. But the only thing is when there's a guest on the show, you guys pick the food and then I just have to try and follow your instructions. So I'm not going to know what it is beforehand. Oh my god. And, uh, however that turns out is how it turns out. If the food t- turns out great, the song's trash, or vice versa. It's great content. So uh, yeah, should be fun. I'm very ready. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, also, so uh, that would be premiering, this will be premiering October 1st. Uh, so whenever that is in relation to now, <laughs> whatever episode you're on, hopefully that's like episode, you said two weeks, every two weeks? So yeah, so that should be like fourth. the third or fourth episode. Third or fourth maybe. episode. So check out those episodes. You got a few to watch? Go do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm excited. But thank you, Rom, for Rom Default. Well, no. I, I know you as Rom, and you, you know, but as an artist, Rom Durful, but that's your shorthand. So thank you, Rom, aka Rom Durful, for coming to the studio and uh, saying hello, spin some knowledge, and, uh, you know, giving Big us something. Amex, man. You know, I'm, I'm around, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Touche. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> at least Rom is cool. <laughs> You know, I'm sorry, <laughs> Najee, but Amex. It was not good. It was not cool. It was not cool. We're, we're, you know, mine was equally as terrible, but I'm, I'm not even gonna. Oh, it's not. You, you have to. No, you have to. please. What was it? <laughs> okay, so my first name <laughs> was Shaky Hand. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, mean, I was that, iron that's, deficient. That's not, that's okay. Unique. <laughs> It's unique for sure. I was I was very iron deficient, and that's really where it came about. Oh, you know, we all have a past. That's okay. Well, you know, it's it's something to talk about. You know, if you meet a girl in the club, you'd be like, "Hey, I've got shaky hands because I'm iron deficient." Oh my god. Yo, imagine me actually saying that to somebody though. Oh, yo, what's your name? Yo, what up? I'm Shaky Hand. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> hey, what's good? I'm why the conflicts exist. That might have to be my side project. <laughs> well done. Well done. Oh my god. Well, thank you again, Mom, for stopping by. It's been a pleasure. Uh, where can we thank find? Thank you for having me, guys. This is yeah. fun. This is this is great. <laughs> You're welcome back anytime. Um, and Yay! what what are we doing next week, Louise? Oh damn. Okay, so it <laughs> <laughs> was very damn Daniel of you. Damn Daniel. Ooh, damn. <laughs> um. Yeah. So next next week <clears throat> we're actually going to. Um, we're going to investigate why the inventor of cornflakes <laughs> so was sad. brutally murdered oh. in his own home by his own family. <laughs> so tune in next week. Uh, but no, thank you again, listeners, for joining us for season three and our first guest. Rob, we're glad we could have you on as the first guest of season three. Uh, and if you have any other questions, you want to really want to know what other things that cornflakes were invented for, let us know and give us more information on Twitter or Instagram at thousandstory underscore. And by now, you know, it's an actual underscore, not the word <laughs> underscore. Uh, and or get us up on the site, thousandstory.co slash contact. Uh, and we will be back next week. So stay tuned, loves, for next week's Thousand Story podcast. And you can find our personals at, uh, for my, myself, on Twitter and Instagram at El Pontillo. That's E L P O N T I L L O. And me at Mr. Naji Boy at M R N A J I B O Y. It's been a pleasure. And we shall see you next week. Bye. Ciao. Bye.